0: Hello and welcome to the Emerald Gamescast episode 51. 51, according to Janelle. Thank you.
1: 51, I could tell he forgot. I absolutely <laughs> We just did had our special episode 50th, 50th episode.
0: Yeah. yeah, we've had a handful of episodes that have not been numbered, which is what is throwing me off. We had or the Cyberpunk episode, the Game of the Year episode.
1: A handful of episodes that were recorded but never came out for one reason or another. The Lost Tapes.
0: The Lost Tapes. That's right. We should start numbering our episodes like um like either Steins Gate or or Kingdom Hearts, you know, oh. where they have like episode in Steins Gate, episode 23 and then 23 beta and then episode 24. We should be doing that. Or we could do, you know, the Emerald Games cast episode 51 over 358 over 2 days.
1: You know what our listeners don't know is that we would we record this every single day. <laughs> we... So we've actually lost 306, 305 episodes.
0: Nobody knows that it's January 2019. We've been recording for 47 hours. (laughs) We're just getting really good at predicting (laughs) the news.
2: We hope it's right.
1: Hope so.
0: We never stopped recording. I heard
1: that there were some people in a different country coughing. Wait, it's 2019. I heard that that'll happen next year. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, in any case, it is... January 22nd 2021. My name is Nolan with me as always is.
1: I'm Janelle.
0: And of course, Hi, I'm Alex. And well, guys, <laughs> what's up? Yeah, what's going on. I, I I don't have a strong uh transition. If I were a little bit smoother, a little bit more precise, a little bit more calculated, I could I could have five-star ranked that transition like a like a silent assassin would. <laughs> Um, with, you know, the the, the hand of a trained professional. But I'm not Agent 47. I'm bad at segues. And I didn't deftly bring us into talking about Hitman 3. Hey. Which we can do now.
1: (laughs) Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I think you are better at podcasting than he ever could be.
0: Agent 47. Here's the thing, though. If Agent 47 was wearing the clothes of one of us and he sat down, according to the game's logic, we would all just roll with it
1: yeah if my boyfriend (laughs) were replaced with agent 47 i frankly would have no idea i would have no way of knowing yeah i'd
0: show up and sit down with like a completely different face and a bald head and a light british accent and go i'm ready to record and you'd go yeah finally nolan you
1: moron you'd say i'm dying to record because he always says yeah he
0: makes like puns yeah yeah
1: Anyway, we've played the first. We finished the first two levels of Hitman Three and are working on the third one. We're taking this game a little bit slower than we took two because when we played two, we didn't actually replay any of the missions, which is not how you're supposed to play those games. We just did them once.
0: And then, like, quick before we talk, talk about the game, um, if you don't know Hitman Three, it came out January twentieth, so it's it's really recent as of time of recording. It's been two days. Um, obviously, it's the third Hitman game, but of the reboot series. So with IOI uh, as the creators, it they started this what in like 2016 Yeah. Yeah. And this is the third third in that series of reboots, which is really more like a they're 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 all sequels, um, but let me let, let me know if you feel differently. They are sort of like iterative additions or almost like really big expansive level packs on this basically the same yeah, gameplay. That's, that's same what I was same ask formula. You about. Everything as Hitman 1. It's the same story
1: um, over three games. It's the same everything. So, yeah, it's definitely just, yeah.
0: In fact, if you didn't know this, also, listener, it is so much the same thing that I, uh, Nell and I can go launch Hitman 3 on the PS4 right now, and we could pick a level from Hitman 1 in the menu and and play it with the exact same... If you own the other levels, right? Or if you own the other games. Yeah, if you've ever had them on your PlayStation, on, on, on your account... And then when you launch the game, then they'll all be available as free downloads. Mm -hmm. Which which is is not the case right now for most people because the servers have been acting up. Like, when I go to look at the two games on there, they don't show up as free for me right now. It asks me to purchase them because the servers are having some trouble. Um, Which is a problem in general with Hitman 3 because we're going to talk about positives, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. This game is still... um, pretty much online only like the first two were yeah but it's a single Um, player game though yeah
1: yeah so basically like you get a score at the end of each mission and i i might be wrong i don't i don't think so forgive me if i am though but you can't get a score if you're playing offline um you can't be on any leaderboards i mean obviously but still it's worth mentioning that you can't be ranked compared to your friends
0: I think I don't know about the score. I think you can get a score, I don't... but I think what it is is that you you can't complete challenges, right? And you can't yeah. you can't get any experience, and you can't make any progression. Like you 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 could still play the level and move on to the next level, but you wouldn't unlock any. So basically, what happens in the Hitman level the first time you play it? They're like these big um, puzzle boxes. Like the first level, for example, is on this skyscraper in dubai and you're supposed to kill an oil and coal baron who is who is staying there at this big inauguration ceremony and so you will start in one wing with your basic costume or whatever and you try and find a creative way to discover where they are um stealth your way into an opportunity to kill them without anybody noticing and it's all about social stealth these sort of like you're finding uh the right um outfit to wear to convince people you belong in a place you don't or whatever or trick someone in, into drinking something that's poison whatnot the, the the progression doesn't like come in from getting to the end of the game it comes in from whenever every single time you complete the assassination you can go back and redo it but what you have unlocked is something like this time rather than start the way you did the first time you can um begin the level as a bartender. So you'll be disguised as the bartender behind the counter. And that's like your starting location. And you can make it so that, oh, you unlocked this new pistol. And you can have it spawn in any number of unlockable locations. Like in the laundry bin, in the staff room, or in the bathroom behind the toilet or whatever. So you can't get those without being locked All normal places you would put a pistol. Naturally. <laughs> yeah, you ever, seen, you ever seen The Godfather? Come yeah. on. It's where, it's where, it's where yeah. he put the pistol.
1: Um, Before when I... Alex, are you going to play this game, do you think, ever?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not opposed to it.
2: I played a little bit of Hitman 2, and I played most of Blood Money. But I've never been, like, super into, like, Hitman.
1: In that case, do you mind if I just, like, full disclosure, spoilers, the first level? Oh, sure, yeah, two. I don't care. Okay, Thanks. This you. is
0: the E3 level, basically. Yeah, E3 yeah, level. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's fine.
1: So, so when I mentioned that we had played two wrong... By not redoing the levels. It's not just that like you can start somewhere new and try to do the same thing again. It's that there are so many different stories happening within each level that you can go to completely new areas that you hadn't been to before and see completely new things and complete the same mission, which the game expects you to do. So, like, the first time we did the first level, God, how did that first playthrough play out?
0: The first playthrough, we um... There was a different hitman who was in the level and he was supposed to meet the target to perform a different assassination for the target so we took that hitman's clothes got a private meeting with the target and the target gave us a journalist to kill Mm -hmm. and then we knocked out the journalist took a photo that was posed to make it look like he was killed went back up to the target showed him the photo which gained his trust and then he invited us in for a private conversation in his study. And while he was um, distracted, we poisoned his whiskey. Right. And then he came and drank the whiskey, um, and he died shortly after we left. Some real 007 stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. Some real top-notch 007 stuff. But anyways, you were saying.
1: Um, There were two targets for that one. So And that same one, I think that we like killed the other guy by we we dressed up as like art installation techs and like tricked this artist into moving so that the other target would go into this one spot that he's programmed to go to and we dropped like a fucking chandelier on the, head or whatever. yeah
0: the target's trying to see his sister but this like really annoying artist is the target and the target sister's daughter. father just died yeah daughter their father just died and they're they're grieving and this really really annoying like super yuppie artist keeps expressing her condolences but she's clearly just trying to get her to praise her art <sighs> because she's like, "Oh, I've never knew your father, but I, I just I just know he would love art." And she she just won't shut up and if you can get her to leave, then the target will can finally go talk to his daughter cuz the artist leaves them alone and then he sits in the exact right spot for you to drop a chandelier. On his head. But it's but. but it's like right when he is revealing something to his daughter. Because she doesn't know he's part of a secret global shadow organization. And so he's like, I have something to tell you. I'm part of a secret organization. That and then a chandelier just shatters <laughs> over his head. And she just like, she just starts screaming. Those games are like, very, <laughs> very funny. Do you remember?
2: They are. Very funny. Nolan, do you remember the the Sheik Zanzibar? Bed? Have you ever seen that from Giant Bomb? Uh. Um, no, no. They, there was, like, a clip of them all for the, like, Holiday Spectacular in, like, 2016 playing through, I think it was Hitman 1, and they had this bit where, like, they, they got into, like, character as Sheik Zanzibar, and then <laughs> one of the, like, t- timed online missions that, like, rotates every, like, however so often on the next game was you have to kill an oil baron named Sheik Zanzibar. <laughs> <laughs> they were just very... No. They just, like, gave through their giant bomb a bone because
0: they really liked that bit. There, There's a fantastic one in Hitman 2 where you can um, disguise yourself as a member of a mariachi band, and they're they're all... I want to say they're Colombian, and they just look nothing like 47, and they don't <laughs> sound anything like him either, but you can dress up stoically in their mariachi outfit, and you go get the band together by... They're all, like, passed out drunk from a night of partying. When you go... When you go wake them up after they're lying on the floor just totally like, you know, bottles all around them and 47 is like, "Carlos, get up. The gig <laughs> is starting." And he's and he's like he's like, "Oh my god, Mendoza, you shaved your head. You look so different." What's going on? <laughs> and you're white like, now. What's up with that? <laughs> and you sound so different and you seem so serious." And, and he's like he's like, "I'm just trying to get us to the gig on time, Carlos." <laughs>
1: But um <laughs> schemes are so stupid. Um, I mentioned in detail how we got through it the first time because the second time for one of those guys, we just, we stole the paperwork and outfit of his new bodyguard and then impressed him with some knife throwing and then <laughs> threw him off the top of the world's tallest building. Oh,
0: it so great. it's like
1: you can replay these levels probably a dozen times and it doesn't, get boring it just you unlock new parts of it which is very exciting Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. they're big playgrounds for you to play in. exactly and and
0: those stories a lot of them will happen regardless of whether or not you're there to witness them which is the other really really great part of hitman um it's it's like a puzzle box but it's it's independently moving so characters will have their own agendas like that that hitman who you can dress up as when the level begins He's trying to get to his meeting, but he's being stopped at a checkpoint because they want to um, pat him down to search for weapons, and he won't go through. So, if you turn right when you begin the level, you can see him getting, you know, in an argument with the officer, and you can eavesdrop on them enough to be able to get the information that will let you know that he has a meeting. So you can go. Oh, well, if I just with that guy, I can go to the meeting. But if you do other things first, you. that will already have happened. So you'll, you'll have missed it. So it, it it merits um, replay. Even if you think you have found all of the rooms or locations, the different people might be doing different things at different times that can affect what's available to you. And, and some stuff will be like, like, um, Oh, this, this mission story will work, but it is contingent on them being at the bar or whatever, which maybe they're only there for the first four minutes of the mission or something like that.
1: Um, it's worth noting that we play with most of the things turned off. Like so the
0: assists, yeah.
1: I was going to say Sorry. Sorry. Um, the game <laughs> will give you hints and like tell you to investigate a certain thing if you maybe overhear it. And there's like a mini-map. I think, I don't know. There is tur- a mini-map. We turn we everything it, yeah. off. So it seems a little overwhelming at first, but it's a lot more satisfying, in my opinion, to come up with these ideas yourself and see if they work rather than just have your game go. Dress up as the photographer. Yeah. And killed him this way. Um, speaking of dressing up like the photographer, the second mission is my favorite hit- Hitman mission that I've ever played.
0: Incredible. Incredible. It's a
1: murder... Well, it can be a murder mystery.
2: Oh, I remember the advertisement for that one. Or, like, the, it the reveal. Is,
1: it's fucking awesome. It's so much fun. You don't have to play it like that. Um, that's just one of the options. But if you do... It's like an hour and a half of trying to go around this mansion and get clues and yeah. interviewing people and overhearing kitchen staff, and it's incredible. And,
0: and, and it's a perfect example of, of how the levels are reactive to your approach because the first time that we played it, I, I walked <laughs> I walked right up to the mansion. It's called Dartmoor Manor. It looks just like the house from Knives Out, like basically the same house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the first time that we played it, I walked right up to the house, snuck past the guards, climbed into a window, and just happened to find the target alone by by a ledge, like, pretty quickly. <laughs> and I just <laughs> knocked them out. It took me, like, three minutes, maybe. And I was just like, well, that was ridiculously easy. So when we restarted it, you know, like Nell is saying, we dressed up as the private detective who came there instead. And then your handler comes on the radio, and she goes, well, 47? If you're dressed as the detective you might as well play the detective <laughs> and then yeah the whole gameplay just shifts like you get like you can just interview people line up their stories and if you get enough evidence you can you can implicate them and there's a correct person but you know you don't you don't you can also frame whoever you want if you don't want to get the correct person it's amazing and there's like secret switches and rooms and hidden notes and
1: it's incredible
0: uh, it's yeah it's it's a remarkably good game is it better than the other two Hitmans?
1: In my opinion, so far, yeah. Um, I don't think that there was anything at all wrong with 2, but I do think that, in my opinion, it's the least memorable. I really liked 1 because it was so new and exciting, but I think that, so far at least, 3 has taken everything that the first two games have perfected and just made them a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I I would say so... Um... What hit, what the Hitman series really uh, lives and dies on is not necessarily the uh, systemic changes they make to each game, but the quality of each individual set, which is... I, I, in my experience, people remember the individual sets more than they do the entire game. And so mm-hmm. Hitman 2 has one of my personal favorite Hitman levels... Uh, but so does Hitman Three so far. So those two are pretty on equal footing. If you're wondering, listener, in Hitman Two, it's the, its the suburban level. It's oh, the one, I love that. It's one. the one where you're just in a regular neighborhood during a block party. Okay,
1: yeah, that's. It's like, incredible,
0: movie. but the Dartmoor Manor mission in Hitman Three is is better than most things in Hitman One. Also, mm. so um, it's sort of hard to say so far.
1: One last thing I want to mention: we can't like attest to this mode at all, but oh, this yeah. game introduced vr for the whole series so mm-hmm. you can play the entire game and the entire first two games in vr and the videos that we've seen of it look really fun i guess the science library like loans PS VRs but not right now so we mm. couldn't get one that um,
2: seems that looks really fun that, to me that seems like the type of thing that would be fun for a total of 15 minutes and then you would realize oh this is just a worse way to play this game Because that game is all about, like, being aware of what's around you, and that's hard to do in a medium like VR.
1: Actually, what's interesting is that, again, I cannot attest to the actual quality because I don't, I'm not, like, a huge VR fan. Mm. Um, But in the videos we were watching, they were able to get people's attention in a way that you can't actually do, like, if you're just playing with a controller. So they, like, reached out and touched someone's shoulder, and they turned around, and then they were able to, punch them in the face. All right, that's Um, pretty cool.
0: There's also things like um, you're able to move bodies in a way you couldn't, like you're able to, if you can get a body picked up, you could put it over a balcony or something, um, which in the main game is something you can do if like a contact sensitive button appears, Mm -hmm. if they planned for that. But you could sort of just, you know, very creatively hide Things or maybe like you know you you can always drop your gun straight down if you need to get frisked or hide your gun or whatever. And mm-hmm. VR though, you could take your gun and like slip it into the back of a planter or something and tuck it in the leaves, things like that. Yeah. So it kind of so, like changes the game a little bit.
1: A little, yeah. it seems like at least. Um, I'm looking forward to actually trying that someday. Yeah, me too, me too. for sure. But it's, it it it's, does look really promising.
2: It's PSVR exclusive, right? So that'll probably yeah. be at least a year. Uh, Maybe it'll come to a PC or something someday, but
0: yeah, and and also you know I I, I don't think you'd play the mission the first time that way no. because once you know what is in a level, it's really um it like Hitman doesn't play like a traditional stealth game. You don't necessarily need to be constantly aware of a, a number of guards and their view cones mm-hmm. around you. Usually, provided you have the right disguise and the right entry plan. You may you might have uh, one or maybe two guards that you need to be wary of, but it's more about just not going their direction. So like they're they're more they're more puzzle games, I think, than stealth games in a way.
1: I, I agree.
0: Best stealth game, MGS five though. So go play that one. It's okay. best stealth that you get on PS4. Cool. A
1: stealth game, hide and seek. That one's sick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We got a little Wait, news. like 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 the game hide and seek? Yeah. Why what? Oh. Yeah. That's a fun game. Uh, yeah. Fun. <laughs> Pretty good video <laughs> been game. Playing, been playing that one since I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, classic. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> classic. Give us the news, Alex.
2: Uh, So, there was a special Resident Evil presentation on, what day was that? Yesterday. Yeah, so on the, the 21st. And they spent about 20 minutes kind of going over some reveals for the new Resident Evil Village game. And they had a few more things that we're going to cover. Did both of you watch that, or did either of you watch that?
1: We did. Can I just say my very first thing that I have to say about this? Totally. I liked the trailer, but that showcase was weak as hell. And I think that showing all of the good, interesting things first was a huge mistake.
2: I think it's weird that they said it was going to be, like, a Resident Evil showcase and not, like, Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil Village. Because I was expecting more. Like, I thought they were going to do, like, a Nintendo Direct thing. They kind of just talked about that game, and then, like, oh, we're doing a thing with Ubisoft for some reason. Yeah, Um,
1: which, like, the game is coming out, so of course they'd focus on it, but it definitely, like, we thought the whole time that they were still going to introduce fans' long-awaited Resident Evil 4 remake, but nope.
2: I heard rumors that they were going to do a uh, 1, 2, and 3 re-release, like, original re-release. And I wonder oh. if that will ever happen, but because I don't know what the rights are on that. I know that they were like tied to Sony for a while, but I don't know if that's still true. Um, but Nolan, you're the, the Resident Resident Evil expert here. Uh, <laughs> what what did you think about this presentation?
0: Well, I thought I thought Village looked really great. Um, for me, I think that what I want from Village, I've been saying for a while is a kind of combination of the best parts of um four and and one Mm -hmm. uh but through the lens of seven right so i'm i'm looking for a game that really really nails what seven and one did with the big puzzle box mansion and like interlocking rooms and, and everything the castle looks perfect for that the castle might even have the, the the castle they showed probably has more potential to be awesome than the Baker Estate did, but it's going to be a super high bar to clear because the Baker Estate is like the it's the second best location in Resident Evil ever.
1: IMO, not as much um, possibility for being scary though. I think mm. it looks way less scary than the Baker House.
0: You like all that like decay yeah. and stuff.
1: Yes. So I don't think it looks scary at all, but I do agree that it. Could be very very awesome
0: yeah so that was something i wanted to talk about too is the aesthetic shift they're they're sort of moving away from like listener if you've seen or played seven um it's it's not like shock horror per se but it's rooms covered in in grime and and moldy trash and maggots and just like dampness dripping from the walls and bags of meat hanging off stuff It's, it's disgusting and um What this game seems to be doing is going for more of like a gothic horror vibe. You're in sort of an old, uh, gothic castle, but it's like, it's very, it's very pristine. It looks like it's very, it's very clean and polished, which gives it sort of like a ghostly feel, but I agree with you. It's not, it's not so much of like an oppressively, um, scary one, uh, which is kind of why I was saying I'm looking for the best of four in this sense, because, um, four uses its 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 locations for mechanical interest not like just being there's not it's not really scary right but it's 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 fun to play and in this trailer they showed things like um at one point there was an enemy with an axe who was running towards ethan and um the in the demo they shot the the hand of the demon and they dropped the axe and they showed uh, one of them being staggered as well by shooting them in the knee, and they kind of like staggered down to the floor mm. and it left themselves open. So, it, it it seems like if if combat is getting more of a a focus in a mechanical way, that it might make up for me, um, the, the like setting change that will make it less scary. Because also there's these yeah. spooky witches chasing you around now.
2: I think those are really interesting <laughs> because they're very clearly supposed to be the evolution of. Uh, Mr. X or Nemesis. Um, but this time everyone simps for them on Twitter cuz they're they're hot tall sexy ladies. Uh but and they have like character and personality now. Like they'll like well, laugh at you and talk to you and like that was hunt the thing you. In
0: 7 too because miss um the first like chunk of the game is is all about being Mr. X style hunted by uh Mr. Baker. Ah uh, okay. In yeah. my opinion is is Drastically scarier than Mr. X was in Resident Evil Two Remake. Mr. X is fascinating mechanically, and he's pretty damn scary. But holy shit, Mr. Baker in well, Seven is terrifying. At
1: least in remake, I can't, I can't um, speak of the original Resident Evil Two because I haven't played that in years. But um, he's really scary until you see him. And then he becomes, like, significantly less scary. At first, when you don't know what's going on and why there are such loud footsteps, he's really scary. But Mr. Baker stays scary from the moment he punches you. Welcome to the family, son. <laughs> Through the whole thing. He's incredibly strong. He's fucking gross. And he's scary as hell. And that's awesome.
0: And because that game is in first person, like like 8 will be as well, you can't uh, do what you can in um, Resident Evil 2 Remake you can't be aware of his position while also getting away from him. Um, In seven, you basically have to go off of audio or just sort of remembering what the hallway behind you looks like. Okay. Interesting. And you don't, you don't really know like how close he is to you and you have a very slow, um, very, very heavy, very cumbersome movement in the new resident evil engine, which eight, very much looks like it is still using which is a good thing in my opinion so when you're trying to escape from from people who you literally cannot fight you can only slow them down at least in 7 um it it feels very very tense so yeah. like whether 8 will be able to to follow up on on how how incredible that opening part of 7 was is what i'm curious about but the, know, yeah. it looks like the key con round four with the merchant and stuff too so who knows
2: the the witches and the vampire lady seem interesting to me because they like they mock you in the trailer they're like yeah. oh we have a new plaything, and like there's they're very clearly trying to do this weird thing where it's like oh is this, this is like a woman and it's like a weird sexual undertone it's also scary right they want to like play with that balance um so i feel like you could do some really interesting stuff with that like the idea of uh a, uh, a woman who might be conventionally attractive if she wasn't covered in blood and also bees is is fun i like when you play with different styles like that or
0: or cutting off your leg <laughs> or, or pulling out like wolverine claws for some reason yeah 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 man it reminded me of castlevania when she looked like they turned into bats flying around yeah. I know they didn't. It was bees, but it it, it remind it was very like vampiric, you know. Like, I th-
2: that's probably like an old fashioned vampire ability. Is them to turn into
0: bugs or something?
1: Well, that was a thing in seven.
0: Ah, Margaret. Margaret. yeah the the mother can turn into yeah. bees or wasps. Oh, yeah. so are they? Is,
2: it, is this like directly
0: related? Like, are they the w- same?
1: I think it looks like it, but can't confirm. I have sure. a theory. What's
0: that? I have a theory that Resident Evil Eight will be um, about the los Plagas from four but but the los plagues was wasn't it was what
2: wasn't it like man-made
0: yeah but so is the t-virus and the g-virus and so are right. the monsters in seven they're all every resident uh, evil is about man-made, okay. Okay. man-made viruses um it's it's a running theme in the series uh whether it's the military trying to create better soldiers or pharmaceutical companies manufacturing crises or whatever it's 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 almost always sourced back even in seven which appears at first to be just totally supernatural is the result of like some lab technicians fucking around with occult stuff until they make some mistakes
1: you know what we didn't get what leon
0: yeah that's what i'm saying though i think i think he'll show up and the reason actually we didn't get leon well in a different part that we'll talk about (laughs) But the logo Shut of eight up. the logo so of eight looks like the logo of the cult from four. it's It's pretty similar and it has a similar um, motif with the bird and the snowy village around the castle, obviously Resident Evil 4 wasn't snowy, but the castle is pretty damn similar to yeah. parts of four. They're both aggressively European. And I, I just certainly would not be surprised if the shift back to European aesthetics and the shift back to some weird monsters, like you know one, two, and three of zombies and um, nemesis, Nem- nemesis, which by the way, fun lore fact, there's like third, there's like thirty of them or something. Yeah, it's like a whole class of it's, enemy. It's, it's crazy. Very strange. But uh, four had like tr- cave trolls and and other kinds of monsters, and in the trailer for eight, they've had a werewolf already, so. I'm They've just saying su- I wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't be surprised if Leon shows up at some point. Maybe with, like, a beard or something? Uh, well, you wanted to see Leon. <clears throat> maybe
2: he doesn't have a beard, but he is going to be in uh, a game. Well, You can even go back to the uh, the Re- the uh, police station, the Raccoon City police station, if you really want to. Uh, <laughs> in uh, Resident Evil Reverse.
0: Where you could play as some other random nondescript Stars member wearing his clothes. No, that's that,
2: that's Hunk, that's, isn't it?
1: That's the Division.
2: No, oh I yeah, no, that's a, the Division. Yeah. The
0: the the characters they showed coming off the helicopter weren't, weren't they sort of just like kind of? No,
1: that's the Division. They showed two things. They showed the the weird like comic Resident book Nebel death Flash, match. The Division, which is that that you're talking about. Alex Wait, is seriously? talking
0: about the. Yeah, yeah. Did you not notice don't that? Remember? I kind of tuned out because I just thought this is like a, like oh. a weird, bad Resident well, Evil multiplayer thing. Yeah, That's exactly what, what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: so I think this looks garbage. This looks <laughs> sucks. This looks bad. Um, so why does, listeners... why does Capcom not,
0: keep. Go, 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 go. go. What are we should say? tell the
1: listeners what this is. All it's right, a all right, all right. weird little game, I guess, where you seem to just be in the Raccoon City Police Department, but you can be Leon. Or you can be Chris, or you can be Jill, or you could be Mr. Baker, or, or you could be Mr.
0: X or the be Mr. Nemesis, S
1: and you fight each other. You fight your friends, and it's like kind of cell shaded, and it looks like shit.
0: It's weird, like it's like kind of cell shaded, yeah, kind, yeah kind of. But it's like a it's like a filter. Though. It's got like it's yeah, not, it's got
2: like a shitty comic book filter over it, where it's, it's like like, got like the yeah. dot
0: art. It's not a um, listener, nothing is wrong with lo-fi art styles. But this looks like hi-fi models stripped of detail run through a weird, like, free online uh, PS2 graphics filter or something. It's it's Uh weird and incongruous and nothing looks right. And because they're using the exact same map as Resident Evil 2 Remake, there's scenes in that trailer where, like, they go to the, for example, the police officer office with the, like, welcome... Welcome to the crew Leon sign hung up and like we just played a game where we saw that room in full detail and this is not a stylistic rework of that room it's the exact same room with the exact same dimensions but with less detail and less models. And it just looks...
1: It looks really weird. It's Why the like, fuck...
0: It's like they gave us too clean of a comparison to be able to notice how bad it looks.
2: Why does Capcom keep <laughs> trying to push a shitty multiplayer component on their Resident Evil games? Like, th- th- this keeps happening. And they keep it's, it's, doing it's, this. It's, and it it's, keeps it's not monetization.
0: working. It's monetization, man. Did they, mo- Evil... did they even bother to monetize the RE3 game? I don't know, man. I'm just saying Resident Evil has so many classic characters and classic costumes that if you can get people hooked on something... Where you can slowly dole out those costumes. Oh sure, Um, but you gotta get them hooked on there first, right? I know that's what I'm saying. That's what I think they're going for.
1: I think that this would have looked sick if it had all been in original Resident Evil 2 graphics. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that would would be be cool. Sick game. That'd be cool. But hey, no one pays me for my brilliant ideas. So thankfully,
2: this game this game seems to be free. It just comes with Resident Evil 8. So. Yeah. Not a huge loss, but it's still weird that they keep trying to push this weird multiplayer like Half-Life deathmatch looking game.
0: It's just it, yeah. uh, I'm 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 sorry, but in no way are Resident Evil mechanics built for multiplayer. Yeah. They're not. It's it the, like it's asymmetrical. It you're not up against other people who are moving and shooting because the mechanics are far too stiff and restrictive to account for that. Um, yeah. And that's the point. You're supposed to feel restricted. It's, it's going to... All they're going to do is get in the way. If you play Resident Evil feeling game as a Battle Royale or whatever, it's just going to feel worse than all the other ones on the market. And all you're going to get out of it is the aesthetic. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> if you don't want to play that multiplayer game, there is another one that is already out. We actually brought this up last episode, I think it was. Uh, the Division 2 is getting a special <laughs> crossover where you can just get like... Uh, Leon's uh, Raccoon City Police Department skin for yeah. that game for some reason. Yeah,
0: that's that's great. Well, that's, why not? Yeah, why not? Sure, it's sure. fine. Fine. But I'm sure those, I'm yeah, sure Leon Kennedy would tear it up in Washington D.C. Why not? See, I was imagining like a zombie horde mode, which could have been that's fun. In New York. What?
1: That's in New York. That game's set in New York. No, City.
0: Division One's in New York. City.
1: Oh, sorry, the Division Two is set in New York. City.
0: Division Two's in Washington D.C. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it yes, it is. Yeah, just look it up.
1: Fine. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was like a thing. I'm Um, going to feel
0: like an idiot because you're going to look it up and it's going to be set in like Seattle or something.
2: They definitely had like a big... Remember, this was the game that wasn't political. It was set in DC and the money was spread through... Or the virus was spread through money. But it wasn't political. There was no politics in that game.
0: Yeah. Just like... Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Exactly. (laughs) No politics.
1: Motherfucker. Sorry. See, my brain is... I only like older games. (laughs) I only like older games, so...
0: It it is DC, right? Yeah, eat shit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay.
1: Look. Uh, Who cares? This looks stupid. You know what I care about?
0: What? Tony Hawk?
1: Crash Bandicoot.
0: Wait a second. What? What about Resident Evil Infinite Darkness? What about it? Who cares?
1: What? Oh... Oh, who cares?
0: How could you not care, Alex and listener? It's a Netflix special set after Resident Evil Four, <laughs> where th- there's another zombie outbreak again, and Claire's Claire came Claire's back, Claire came
2: back, and uh, they're both wearing suits and they fight zombies and it's going to be on Netflix.
0: Who there cares? You are. I would very much like if Leon would talk to Claire about what he has done since. Um, since resident evil 2 because the the transition from resident evil 2 to 4 is where the timeline for resident evil gets insane where leon goes from being a police officer to like i was a special forces commando in south america and then now i work for the president (laughs) and i'm trying (laughs) and i'm I'm fighting international terrorists
1: resident evil 2 leon is one of the most charming video game characters i really like him (laughs) And that's that, I guess. <laughs> and
0: then it comes back <laughs> in four, and he's such a dick.
1: He's such a fucking. <laughs> he
2: has he has cloud syndrome, where it's like he does. the character the turtleneck. Yeah, well, like the character oh. started out is kind of like this this weird this weirdo who was like trying to he had like emotions, and then he becomes jaded in the in the sequel, and they just kept stuck with that jaded personification for the rest of the franchise. We need it to and talk then, about and then,
0: and then Chris comes back in the end of Seven, but he's in a a, a, a blue umbrella helicopter. Yeah, because yeah, now he's not. And then you look up on the wiki, and I'm not. I don't know if you know this, Alex. The the current Resident Evil lore that Eight has to follow up on is that all of the people who worked for Stars, okay, including I think Leon. <laughs> <laughs> it's really they dumb. Went, the original bad the bad umbrella company is is their logo is red. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> the guy, the the heroes from Resident Evil, founded a new. It's a different company called Umbrella with the exact same logo,
1: but blue. But it's
0: blue. <laughs> yeah, and okay. blue Umbrella, blue Umbrella, is dedicated to working as a counter Red Umbrella group and helping people who have been affected by the virus. I I but feel like just, my that's just bad PR, right?
2: I feel like my mom. Whenever I'm like, <laughs> I was explaining Pokemon to her as a kid, because we gotta, we gotta move on. We are running out of time. So okay, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you like Crash Bandicoot, Janelle?
1: I've never said that.
0: But you do. We all know it.
1: I love Crash Bandicoot. He's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love that
0: guy. Okay.
1: I love Tony Hawk. He's so funny. Yeah. yeah, love that yeah. guy. Tell well, us about him. Well, they're dead. <laughs>
2: No, Tony Hawk is fine. I think the really? man, the man, Tony Hawk
0: is alive. Yeah, he's so is Crash.
1: Honestly, it's impossible to say. Um, Vicarious Visions, the 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 power team who made um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, 1 and 2 remake and the Crash Insane trilogy, Which both pretty into, stellar
2: remakes, to my understanding.
1: Extremely Very stellar good. remakes. Got um, merged into Blizzard, and we all found out about that today, um, <laughs> where they are going to be working on blizzard stuff and so nothing but so sayonara tony hawk's pro skater three and four because now it's they're making levels for overwatch
0: yeah. yeah i guess toys i guess toys for bob could make tony hawk pro skater three and four or something i mean they or, could but like i don't know vicarious blue, visions blue has point. made blue a point.
1: lot of quality blue shit. point
0: <laughs> oh god people, can you imagine people kind of don't, don't like be... blue point anymore i think blue point's fine I like um blue point. people are down on blue point I want to resi- know what that I want
2: to know what that Metal Gear Solid remake is going to be like, and then we'll talk right. about Blue Point. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, so they they made this is their reward for making a critically acclaimed and incredibly financially successful game is they get shoved into Blizzard to make Overwatch skins for the rest of time. Well, um, their
1: their award is that they will get they got a lot of money probably to um, lose all of their creative integrity. Well, yeah.
0: here's here's the thing we harsh. harsh Let's I'm, say. That's harsh. I mean, I agree with you, but maybe they'll get to do something really cool for Blizzard. I mean, yeah. I, like Blizzard well. has some, some weird stuff on the back burner, but it sounds like they're doing. And I mean, a uh, you mean what?
1: Overwatch is good. Overwatch is good. Those maps are fucking cool. That game is fun. That game is good. But
0: like... uh, sources say that what they're going to be doing is a remake of Diablo Two.
1: Yeah. That's what, what
0: I have heard. So how do, how do you feel about that? You're the one that's actually played that game. Yeah. I was talking yeah.
1: about Diablo 2 earlier before this even came up, so I'm very happy. Diablo 2 is the best Diablo game. Duh. It's fucking awesome. I wish that it were easy to play the original one, because I think you guys would really like it. I mean, it is. Um, we can
2: just buy it on, uh, no, on the thing, can't we?
1: It's... No. It's, like, complicated. I'll explain later when we're not recording. Uh, okay, okay. It's really weird. Um... Diablo 2 is incredible. I hope that they don't get rid of the things that make it so good. I, if they make it less dark, I'll be pretty upset. Because Blizzard has moved that series to be a lot more colorful. And
0: Everything they make is like that now.
1: Exactly. So, the, the beauty of 2, I mean, it's not the only good thing about it, obviously. But it's so dark and gritty and kind of scary and... It, it's just so good that I'm afraid that they're going to kind of modern day blizzard it up and make it a little bit more like a carnival, which worries me.
0: Even way, way back in their in their back catalog, if you look at the, the difference artistically between StarCraft 1 and 2, even that early, you can see that they went from sort of gritty, uh, muddy, visuals to focusing on everything being very clearly i think it's like a readability thing like starcraft 2 is way more readable but it's also more it's more boring to look at yeah like all of the colors pop and the contrast is really high and overwatch is like that too but um just looks like a theme park to me yeah yeah
2: i mean the fact that their track record is is very good remakes should be promising right
1: no Oh, Vicarious Visions. Yeah,
2: because Vicarious yeah. Visions, according to Jason Schreier, is making the Diablo two remake. And the yes. team that was making a Diablo two remake has now been dissolved. So something weird something fucky's going on over at Blizzard.
1: Well I thought you meant see at first I said no because I thought you meant with Blizzard. three.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that team that team has been dissolved according to Jason Schreier.
1: Shocked. Yeah. Um I don't have much more to say about it, but I do know that my my wallet's empty. <laughs> Because Xbox Live Gold increased its price by 100%.
0: You don't pay for that.
1: No, because I was bullied into paying for Game Pass. You don't
0: have an Xbox. This isn't Game
2: Pass, though. This is worse than Game Pass. This is Game Pass without anything cool.
1: No, this is what everybody thinks, that they are increasing this to make everybody buy (laughs) Game Pass. Yeah. Sure. Um, someone give me the deets.
2: So I mean the deets are Xbox released this very like corporate y feeling like we're gonna raise the price because we wanna strengthen our community and we love our brand and branding. Um, but this wasn't just like a slight price increase. They upped it by one hundred percent. So now it's uh like ten dollars and ninety nine cents. It's eleven dollars for one month, it's uh thirty dollars for three months. And it is still, or no, not still. It is sixty dollars for six months. It it's is fuck yeah. yeah. It is fucking amazing how often Microsoft manages to shoot themselves in the foot. Like it, the Xbox 360 was like unbeatable for a long time. They had like top market share and everything, and and Microsoft ruined that almost overnight with their E3 presentation. I always yeah. think about how. Uh, Sony was looking for a Halo killer for years, right? They they did uh, the one game with the space Nazis, uh, Killzone. Yeah, yeah, like a Killzone. They did a couple other weird reboots, and then Microsoft just said, "No, we'll kill Halo ourselves. You don't need to worry about it." <laughs> this is it just is such a noting. bizarre, bonehead decision that ch- it just doesn't make any sense. I understand raising the price a little bit. This is this is a pretty huge
0: difference. It's, it's worth noting real real quick that if you already have Xbox Live Gold um at either a 12-month or a six-month tier, the price doesn't change. I think that they're letting people stay on auto-renew without upgrading that. Mm-hmm. But oh, so like ever? Like I, just, I don't, uh,
1: they don't specify, but at least right now.
0: At least at the very next renewal. Yeah, it doesn't,
1: it doesn't say. It just says that there's no price change, so...
0: Um, huh. and it also says some some weird vague things like i, I like it doesn't tell you the, the 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 full price it tells you the price increase on a one month membership or a three month membership um which like sounds pretty small until you get to the end of the paragraph uh and you get to see what's up with that um they also say that your 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 prices um like, even if you're not on a 12-month or 6-month membership, they won't Im- increase anyone's prices right away. Uh, it's going to be 45 days notice, they're saying. You'll get a message on your account. And so, presumably, you could upgrade to a year before then and keep the old price. But so your, 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 your hand is kind of forced on yeah. that one.
2: I remember there were rumors or stirrings from people in the industry that thought that Xbox Live was going to be removed and it was going to be free, and this is this is very much not that. I'm actually really
0: surprised to hear about this because it was, this it was is weird, just an right? awful decision. Because back in the day, in the um, in the seventh gen, I kind of thought that everybody would get, would go free eventually because um, PlayStation Online was free. Yeah. And then Microsoft or Xbox Live Gold cost $60 a year. But I would have assumed that that would have driven Microsoft um, to make their service free to compete with Sony. But the fact of the matter is that for a whole bunch of reasons that would take up their own whole podcast, the Xbox 360 completely crushed the PS3 for like a lot of reasons. I, mainly, yeah. be- mainly because the online was... was actually functional and, that's what and i was gonna good. say
2: that's the reason
0: that you could say is that yeah. online
2: worked. like you paid for it but you got what you paid for and they got and away with it because it was such new ground for them to tread
0: so unfortunately the market worked backwards instead of sony pressuring microsoft into dropping the price sony was pressured into upgrading their online infrastructure but then when they doled out the upgrades they realized they could charge for it they charged less than microsoft did so they kept the edge but um obviously the effect just means that we're forever going to be deeper into online servicing with with subscriptions until until somebody drops the fee and causes other people to compete but that it's why not why would I, you why would you do that because you can get the money yeah i think we're stuck with this forever. <laughs> right like N- even Nintendo's nintendo console was completely falling behind or something well, I, I don't know
1: yeah
2: even about Nintendo's what? doing it, we're stuck with this
0: forever.
1: I was going to make a joke about how Nintendo's is so cheap because Nintendo's online fucking sucks. Oh yeah. Happen. But <laughs> you get what you fun.
0: pay it for. Well, it's, it's yeah, it's true. It's it's like well, now it's less than a tenth. No, that's not true. It's a sixth of uh, Xbox Live Gold, but It's it's 20 bucks a year. You know what though? You do get a lot of SNES and NES games and that is kind of worth it. What if I could just pay for them as is a la carte like you used to. Yeah, but Nintendo charges like six dollars for you know an NES game and I, I honestly, I would rather pay 20 bucks a year to just get a stream of them yep than I would pay Nintendo prices for games that I should not be paying Nintendo prices for. See that's surprising because I would rather just do the opposite just pay it and like own it instead
2: of having it be tied to a subscription
1: i wish you could do both right yeah i want to that seems like perfect yeah that i would never ever try normally but i also want to keep games sometimes
2: have an optional netflix-esque subscription or like game pass i should say where you can just like cycle through a bunch of old games um
1: you know here's the thing about prices maybe at e3 we'll hear something about this
2: (laughs) so we gotta do you want to read the letter or the message
1: a physical letter, yes. We got an old physical letter written. An owl flew to funny. our
2: window and dropped us a, a note. From
1: a, from a listener, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's an email titled, Is E3 dead? Hi, all. Is E3 dead? Can or will <laughs> anything replace it? If it is coming back this year or next, what does its future look like? Discuss amongst yourselves. I love that email. That's a good email. <laughs> um, I think that I am on a different side of this argument than alex's and i think that because we've been talking about this for like a year yeah um well what do you guys think
0: no you should um yeah you go first i want to hear what you have to say
1: um conceptually like here's the thing we used to argue about this in like is this something that still makes enough money for them to want to do terms in which case i think yes i still think it makes more sense and it's more fun for most people to have one big gaming event in the middle of the spring. But um, with COVID, I genuinely don't think I know anything about anything anymore. I do think that they'll have an online show. I think that they're going to tell us that they're going to try to do something in person in June. It's not going to happen, obviously, and they're going to do online again. Um, I, I do think that next year, assuming everything with COVID goes how we hope it does... Um they will have an in person E three because I think that more than ever people are really itching to go do things again. And I think that kind of makes people want to spend the money on E three ticket prices. That makes me wanna go. I just want to be in a big crowd of sick people personally. Like, get Pax. that
2: yeah, get that Pax Pox.
1: Yeah, I want that I dad. mean
2: Janelle so. kinda handed it at this, but I think E three has been they've been gearing up to send E three to a farm upstate for a while now. I don't think I think it really first started when they opened their doors to the public because it stopped being like a press event and just started being like a PAX or a Comic-Con, but with none of the appeal of either of those things, right? Like, I, I used to... My day job for a while before COVID and I got laid off was I worked with uh, conferences that are basically like this for video games, but for things that are much less interesting than video games. I think the difference is E3 got wild and big and crazy because video games are inherently pretty interesting. And people mm-hmm. did, like, cool, weird things with the marketing there. But now that they've opened it up to make, like, a worse PAX or a worse Comic-Con, it's like, what, what, who, who's the market here, right? I don't know if that... For a while, I was like, oh, this is reflecting the changing market share. Like, some more people trust the opinion of streamers than they do, like, journalists. Which... Mm-hmm what's the difference right we can get into that argument but like i think it's gonna take some studio like like giant bomb i think if giant bomb just one day decided "Eh, we're not gonna go to e3 this year there's nothing here for us then other journalists will stop going and then e3 will stop being what we know e3 to be which is a big marketing celebration you know
1: um before nolan answers really quick i will say two things assuming that they don't like, fuck up how this is supposed to work like they have in recent years. Like, it is where journalists go to play games before other people do. There's always going to be something for journalists at E3. That has been pretty rough because of the public, but that is still a thing. Um, Secondly, people have been saying that E3 is dying long before they went public. People have been saying that for forever. People are always saying that. And I think, if anything, with how small things are going to be for a Mm -hmm. while... I wouldn't be surprised if they moved to having it be just journalist again. That wouldn't shock me, at least.
2: I feel like that would be the smart move. Uh, yeah. I do think, for the record, that you are 110% correct about them wanting to have it open to the public this summer, and then fucking it up, and then going online, <laughs> and then, like, that's that's 100% going to happen. Mark oh, yeah. my words.
1: Uh, Nolan, what do you think?
2: Uh, I only watch
0: Space World. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about E3. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay no to be serious um i i think that e3 i think that alex is right that e3 is 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 not in in its in its particular form going to survive just mm-hmm. because like with the era that we are in um it's it's not you know i'm no economist i, I don't know the I feel like veracity we a that of this, every but the, well, <laughs> I'm
1: no business major.
0: I, I, I am no business major, and that should go on my headstone, by the way. It's very important people know that about me. Um, well, like we couldn't there, already tell? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, there There is no particular reason, I would imagine, if you're a company, to compete for E3 stage time and and presence over just uploading your YouTube channel with like a one hour video where you announce all your games and everyone pays attention only to you and you can time it whenever you want you don't have to pay for 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 booth space um you only have to speak to your fans i mean like e3 opens you up to the explicit comparison to everybody else presenting and also runs the risk of your product being drowned beneath anybody else who has a bigger announcement like if you if you're a company like obsidian and you have like a space rpg lined up but then bioware announces a mass effect reboot you're not gonna make headlines anymore and i don't see why you would subject yourself to that instead of just posting on twitter and getting everyone hyped up and getting your fans on board instead when you when 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 there's nobody else to to compete with, yeah. and furthermore, there's no reason that it needs to be E3. Um, somebody else could could come along. We're already seeing it with with uh, with Jeff Keighley's Game Awards. We're seeing an entirely different format and a whole different production where it's getting more eyes than E3 has been lately, and people are tuning in, and so game publishers are running trailers at the Game Awards. Um, E- E3 can't decide if it wants to be a live stream or a public conference. And if it can't decide that, they're going to get worse on both ends. And people like Jeff Keely, who are focusing all of their efforts into the production, are going to draw more and more trailers and, and presentations.
1: Yeah, you know, let me alter my argument a little bit. It's not... I Something you said really resonated with me. I don't know if the thing I'm talking about has to be called E3. I do not yeah. think that having big in-person conferences where a lot of people show games is going to go away is where I'm at. Um, And you make a good point about whether or not that's E3 is a different thing. I am curious, though, to look at like how I don't even know how you'd look at this. I'm not a fucking economist. (laughs) I'm a fucking (laughs) business major. I assume that pre-order numbers are probably better when you have something like E3 compared to um, like the state of place because they're a lot easier to miss. That's true. But I don't know. I mean, with the state of
2: plays in Nintendo Directs, too, I think this really ties into also what Nolan was saying, where it's like you have to compete for attention. This is why Nintendo releases Directs in, like, February and, like, April and August, like, weird months that nobody cares about, because then they get the media spotlight, like, almost exclusively. And they're able to throw in other games from other studios that are, like, vaguely associated with it, because, like, they don't have to compete with other people.
0: They can also control the messaging, where they can run a direct, and they can say, "We're spending 30 minutes today talking about, um, like, indie devs that we've contracted on," and people will be interested and pay attention. But if Nintendo has a one-hour time slot at E3 and they spend 30 minutes, 30 minutes of it talking about indie devs, the entire time people are in the chat going, "Where's Breath of the Wild 2?"
1: Well, that's true. People do that that anyway,
0: though. They do. Yeah, that's not going to stop people. That's because people don't read the title of the direct for some reason. I don't know what. Literally, you'll have a direct called like Smash Brothers Direct, and they're like, "When are they going to announce Mother 3? Uh, you know, <laughs> the answer is probably never. Uh, the answer is, why would you, why would you? Is the answer. I don't know why you would at this point. Yeah, that's, that's you can. Not a, any listener, if you want to play Mother Three in English, it's really easy. It's so easy to do that. I, Gabe Newell I, I once don't...
2: said piracy is a service problem. If you're I, not I, letting I, people play your games and do things easily, then they're gonna turn to other ways to get it.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean that's that's true, man. But do you really think Nintendo could top that trans? That's a good fan translation. That's as good as it's gonna get. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. But so to to answer
2: your question. Uh, I don't know if we want to say their name or not. Uh, Nah, just Listener. Listener. To answer answer your question, Listener. Janelle, you think E3 is going to happen?
1: I think a video game event where people show their video games is going to keep happening because I don't think that it makes a whole lot of sense to only go to platforming individual companies at a time. I think that they also just make more money when they also have an event together.
2: Sure. I, I don't think E3 or even this, especially not in this capacity of E3, is gonna is gonna last too much longer.
0: I um, I, I, I unfortunately uh, kind of agree. I love E3 and I want E3 to continue. And it's so much more exciting for me personally to have something like a Resident Evil 8 trailer drop during E3 than it is to go watch on YouTube on Resident Evil's YouTube channel their mm-hmm, Resident mm-hmm. Evil trailer that I got from the Resident Evil Twitter. That's kind of boring in comparison because you already know what you're in for the whole time. But I, uh, it, it, it just seems like in lieu of E3, it doesn't seem like these companies have been hurting for attention. So if E3 becomes more of a hassle for them than a benefit, uh, why would you go? I guess is where I'm at.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: But I want, I want it. I love E three. I think Don't
1: it's worth away. saying really quickly that it's not like these companies are going there like with handcuffs and chains. Like oh, yeah, Bethesda course, gets yeah. their dumb concerts or whatever that nobody cares about, yeah. and they're all hyped for it. I think that Sony get...
2: dipped out last year, didn't they? Like before the the pandemic started. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Sony's been kind of doing their own thing for a while.
2: Nintendo has not been do- going to E3 since, like, the mid-2010s. Nintendo
1: has, like, technically, if you consider, like, they have a stage nearby that's that same week. Like, yeah. sure, technically they have E3 going on,
0: mm-hmm, but,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, not, like, officially.
0: I certainly don't mean to imply that they're, like, feel like they have to go to E3 or anything. I, and I think that that is, is definitely why companies like Sony... Are pulling out, and that's the other thing we didn't mention. I mean, they Sony really got the ball rolling on that one, and it clearly did not affect their dominance of this console launch cycle. Not just in terms of people wanting their console, but in terms of the games people are talking about. People are talking about Demon Souls and Spider Man, Miles Morales. Oh yeah, and they're talking about ragnarok nobody is uh i don't know i mean i'm sure they're out there i don't really see anyone talking that much about the xbox series x um
2: what's there to talk about
0: and that's the thing right microsoft showed up at e3 they announced all their games nobody's talking about them sony dipped out and people are clamoring to get a ps5
1: well i've said this before but microsoft has given no person a reason to buy an xbox in yeah. like two generations
0: well yeah. it's weird yeah. it's weird because they're like you want an xbox well you could always just play all of our games on pc or, or on go, all or the it. other consoles that we release our <laughs> games on. yeah yeah oh Ori in the blind forest is a great exclusive what if you could play it on switch and steam <laughs> and anywhere else yeah so we're maybe... probably <laughs> out of time <laughs> yeah we're out of time okay <laughs> well that's the emerald games cast the Emerald Games Cast is dead. <laughs> is the Emerald Gamescast dead? <laughs> the answer, unequivocally, is yes. Wow. Until episode 52, that is. Which would be, if we were counting episodes by the week they came out, if it was like that, that would be one year since the beginning of the show. But it's been longer. It's been much longer because we're not counting year, them that way.
1: It's been a year and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah. A but, little but, more than that. You know, like it would be. Also, we had, like... We take summer. A talk. summer where we weren't around, yeah. also. But,
1: um, yeah.
0: In any case, um, if you want to email us questions like that one, you can do so at um, emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. But we also have a Twitter at ODE Gamescast where you can post questions. Um, there's also a link in there to a Google form or a poll or something like that where you can submit questions that go to the email as well. What's and, that? what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I was no, gonna go say
1: listener. Forgot to mention that at the Resident Evil thing, they dropped a demo. If you have a PS five, maybe tell me about it. Please you tell <laughs> us? Will you tell me how that was? I'm really jealous of you. Well,
2: jealous oh, I have some friends mean. that can tell you all about their PS five.
1: oh man, I hate I hate Dylan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you can e- email us a picture of your PS five at one of those locations. And get blocked. And get and get blocked, yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm Nolan. With me has been
1: Janelle. I'm Janelle. I don't have a funny one.
0: Oh man. I'm Mr. You're not feeling it this week.
1: Baker. Gotta punch you in the <laughs> face.
0: Welcome to the family, son. <laughs> and also, as always,
2: I'm the uh, the big sexy vampire everyone is obsessed about on Twitter.
1: <laughs> nice to meet you.
2: There you Thank have you. it. You may have heard of me if you've used a website before.
0: I'm so sick of Twitter. Which one? <laughs> Maybe you'll find out next week.